of you were here last Wednesday, okay, awesome, awesome word. If you were not here last Wednesday, make sure that you go uh, on our uh, church website and um, listen to that word because it was really, really powerful uh, as Pastor Tim taught on the um, difference between our spirit, soul, and our body. So um, awesome stuff. But he ended the um, teaching uh, by reading about the armor of God. And it was kind of like, I, I had one of those aha moments. It's like, wow, this is something that we need to talk about. We need, it was almost like, you know, you have heard, you have read the, the uh, scripture many, many times, but you've just seen it for the first time. And, and, you know, recently I have been asking myself and, and just asking the Holy Spirit for more. And because I believe that God has more for us. I believe that he wants to give us more. And so the title of my message tonight is What's Missing? Something is missing. Do you, do you feel like there's something missing in your life? Anybody here, do you feel like something is missing in your life? Okay. So I'm going to answer that question because, I'm, you see, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person I like to fix things. Okay. If something is broken, let's get it fixed. Okay. I'm not the kind of person to sweep stuff under the rug and say, oh, you know, it's broke. Let's not talk about it. Uh-uh. I'm like, pull the rug up. Let's fix it, okay? Because God doesn't want us to only talk about things that, you know, we can explain and understand. God, he is the spirit of knowledge. He is the spirit of truth. And he wants to reveal to us if there's something in our walk with him that's not working or something that's missing, it's okay to ask God questions. You know, one, I ask the Lord all the time, why? Why this? Why that? And, I, you know, after we read last uh, Wednesday, and I'm going to pick back up on, we were reading about the armor of God, and we're going to go to that scripture um, in Ephesians chapter um, 6, verse 10 through 18. Let's go there. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Now, does it say put on some of the armor of God or the armor of God? It says the full armor. Another translation says the whole armor. Okay, so let's go on. So it says put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, once again, put on what? The full armor of God. Did it say put on some of the armor of God? Put on the armor of God? The full. God wants us fully equipped. Amen? So that when the day of evil comes, did it say so when, so if the day of evil comes? When? Come on, Christians. We cannot ignore the fact that there is a spiritual war that's going on, and God wants us to be fully equipped, fully prepared So when, not if. Now, that doesn't mean that God wants us to live in a constant spiritual warfare. Okay? Actually, it's very clear. So when it comes. So if you are the kind of person who's always thinking that, you know, I'm always under spiritual attack, let's get a break. Let's get you liberated and make you understand that God has created us to be victorious, but there will be times when the evil, when the enemy will wage war against us, okay? So, th- so that's why he's preparing us, and he says, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, 
And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then. So now he's giving us, the Apostle Paul is giving us the elements of the armor of God. So with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, many times we stop when we teach on the armor of God, we stop right here. Now, just for curiosity, I did a little research. I went on there on on Google, and I, I Googled the armor of God images. And do you know that every image that I pulled up, and I I have one, I don't know if, there you go. This is one of them. Every single one, it gave me how many pieces of the armor? All of them, how many? Six pieces. How many pieces are in the armor of God? Seven. Why is it that when you look into a curriculum, when you listen to any teaching about the armor of God, it gives you the, these six pieces of the armor. And we're not giving the seventh. So what's missing? What's missing to our armor? Here it is, verse 18. Let's look at verse 18. And... So it didn't stop there. It didn't say take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and that's it. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, how many of you, when you put on the full armor of God, praying in the Spirit was one of them. Wow. That, that's, that's where I was like, that's what's missing in the church today. We've got all the elements of the armor, but we're not really understanding the importance of the seventh one, which is Praying in the Spirit. Now, if the Apostle Paul said here that we are to pray in the Spirit, that means that there's another way that we can pray, right? Call it praying in the flesh or praying with understanding is what he calls it. So, let's read in Romans 8, 26 through 27. praying in the Spirit. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with what? The will of God. How many times do we pray our will? How many times do we pray according to our limited thinking, our limited knowledge of the Word of God? But here Paul is saying that I want you to pray in the Spirit. Now, let's read Romans 8, 5 through 7 and see the other kind of of prayer that we can pray. If there is a praying in the Spirit, there's another prayer that is not going to be fruitful. It's not going to be very beneficial. And it says, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God 
It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Now, how many times have we gone to pray and we start praying and two or three minutes later, we're yawning, we're sleepy. All of a sudden, we just woke up, but we get sleepy again. We get bored in praying. We start thinking our stomach starts growling and talking. I mean, every distraction that you can think of, how many of you have experienced that in prayer? That's not praying in the Spirit, okay? I just want to make it clear what praying in the Spirit is not, so then we can pursue what praying in the Spirit is, okay? And I tell you what, if you try to pray, like I just described, you know, thinking about what you're going to eat, uh, thinking how it, nice it would be for you to go back to sleep, or thinking about what you're going to be doing, you know, making your list of what you're going to be doing that day, that prayer is going to hit the ceiling. It's about as, as high as it's going to go. That is not praying in the Spirit. It's unfruitful. It's not going to produce results. But God wants us to learn how to pray in the Spirit, which praying in the Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us, we're praying the will of God. We're praying the mind of Christ. Now, how many of you want a prayer life like that? And how many times have we tapped into that praying in the Spirit and it was like five minutes seemed like five seconds and 30 minutes seemed like five seconds. See the difference? When we pray, and it's, it, it, it's, it seems so long, and we've said all we're going to say. You know, there have been times when my prayer is like, thank you, God. I need this, God. I love you, God. And that's it. Well, when, I, when I'm feeling like that, it's like, okay, this is not very fruitful. I just switch over, and I just pray in the Spirit. I'm not, I really don't know what to pray. My flesh is not feeling it. Come on now. How many times do we give in to the flesh and say, well, I just don't feel like it? And guess what? That's when we live defeated lives. When our prayers are ineffective. We can have all the other pieces of the armor on, but if we don't have the praying in the Spirit, which is the weapon of mass destruction, praying in the Spirit is not a trophy that we get. You know, I hear people, oh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit on uh, July 29, 1974. That's my birthday. Anyway, whatever date you have, um, you know, you, you, can, you can have the date, you can have it in your Bible, you can have it on your, you know, wherever you, you want it, you know, written up. It's not a trophy. It's a weapon. It's a weapon that we must use daily. Daily. If we're going to win the war that the enemy is waging against us, and you know what? Once we learn how to use this weapon, we are undefeated. We are undefeated. And so, praying in the Spirit, is, it's kind of like it's not a natural thing to do. Just like tonight, it was a great experiment. Like tonight, you know, we were singing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And then I came up and I said, now let's, let's just pray in the Spirit. And it was not much I heard in the Spirit. We got to stir it up, church. We, that's what's missing. That's what's missing. We got to stir it up in our individual lives. If we don't pray in the Spirit in our individual lives, when we come together, guess what? We're not going to be comfortable praying in the Spirit. We're not going to be conditioned. We're not going to know how to use that weapon. I'm looking forward to a day when we worship God and we spontaneously start praying in the Spirit, and I can't stop you guys. 
You know, we experienced that last night at the healing rooms. We always get together before we go into the rooms and we uh, hold hands and, and we pray, all the prayer ministers. And, and last night, you know, I just said, well, let's pray. And we held hands and it was about 12, 15 of us. And I just said, Father, I thank you that we have the name of Jesus. And I think that's all I, I said. And it was like, whew. everybody started praying in the spirit. And it was, like, it was like it was a rocket that was taking off. And you could just feel the power. You could just feel the anointing. And it was like, I mean, we were going into the heavenlies. And we were going after miracles. And we were going after the prophecy. And we were going after the healing. And we were going after the gift of knowledge. And the gift of wisdom. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. I mean, we were going after the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because we cannot go into those rooms in our own strength. In our own power, because guess what? In our own strength and in our own power, we cannot heal a fly. Amen? So we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And how do we get the power? Did you know we're wired for electricity? Did you know that our... How many science people do we have in here? We have... A, a, a couple of doctors and some nurses in here. Dr. East, he is a, one of the top cardiologists in our region. Awesome, anointed physician. When they go and they do that EKG, don't they measure the electrical rhythm of the heart? Okay, now I'm not a science person, so if, if my terminology is wrong... You get what I'm saying, right? There is electricity. There is power that's generated in our bodies, and that's what keeps our heart going. Did you know that there is electricity going on in our brains right now? They have done a medical study, and they had someone who was filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues go in and they did, uh, is it a CT scan? They, they did, they put him in, uh, it was either an MRI, probably an MRI to your brain. So they did the MRI, and they told this person, we want to see what happens in the brain of humans when they speak in the heavenly language. So they told the person, speak in English, and then they told that same person, now pray in the Spirit. And the activity between when the person was speaking in English and when they were speaking in a heavenly language was amazing. The brain started lighting up the electricity, the power that went off in his brain, in this man's brain, when he started speaking and praying in tongues was undeniable. It was like, you know, when you fly in an airplane and you're flying over uh, an area where there's no, uh, no civilization, it's dark, and then you fly over New York City and there's lights. That's exactly the difference. Before, when this person was speaking in English, there may have been a couple of flickers here and there, but when th this person started praying in the Spirit, power, Power. And it's like, as I have been meditating on this, it's like the Holy Spirit, and I'm not even, I don't, I don't understand science. I don't understand, like, I'm not an electrician. Any electricians in here? You know, but it was like the Holy Spirit took off the, uh, you know, what is it when you, you cover your electrical, yeah, the brake box. It's like he, I don't know, he just took everything off. And he showed me the wires, the behind the scenes of what goes on in the Spirit when we pray in the Spirit. I mean, you can take this phone, and if you use it all day, and at the, at the end of the day, you don't go and charge it. you got to go to a 
source of power, and you got to plug it in. You plug it in, and now it's charging. If you don't do that, what's going to happen to that phone? It's going to die. That's what happens to our, not just to our spirit, but to our physical body when we don't get plugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit. We're walking around as dead people, as dead bodies. We're not functioning at the full potential that we were created for. That's why we need to get plugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, I want to talk about this weapon that God has given to us. Like I mentioned earlier, it is a weapon. Praying in the Spirit is a weapon of mass destruction. The Apostle Paul understood this so well that he taught the most. Out of all the seven pieces of the armor, he taught the most on the praying in the Spirit, and he practiced that the most. He says, I pray mostly in the Spirit, and I sing in the Spirit, and I wish that you all would too. What would happen if we got plugged into the power and the source of the Holy Spirit? What would happen? Well, guess what, Christian Embassy? That's what we're about to do. Because you know what? I'm not happy just talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, discussing it. I'm not even happy about talking about previous past experiences. You know, recently I was sharing how I experienced when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was a teenager, probably about 15, 16 years ago, and we had some missionaries had come to uh, Romania, and they taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the, the, our youth, and it just happened that that night, I was not at youth meeting. I have no idea what happened, because I was very faithful. But anyway, I found out later that these missionaries had taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The whole youth group, and that was about 40 or 50 of them, got filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all started speaking in tongues, all of them. I mean, it was like a wave that came. And, you know, when a wave comes, it just gets you all wet. I mean, nobody got away. And when I found out later, I was like, uh-uh. No way! I want it too. You know, it's okay to be jealous for the spiritual gifts. God wants us to desire them. And guess what? If God will give them to one person, he will give them to anybody who asks. It's a gift. Amen? And so I was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, I got to get this. So they were so full with this baptism of the Holy Spirit that they wanted to get together, and they started having prayer meetings every night. It was like they, they just wanted to come together, and the, all they wanted to do is pray in the Spirit. And it was, I'm telling you, it was like nothing you have ever seen. It was beautiful. It was heavenly. It was like you just wanted to stay there. And so I show up, and I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm not going home without having, being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the speaking in tongues. I wanted that evidence. And so I just, it's kind of like, you know, getting wet. You know, you kind of get your, your toes in, and then you get your feet in, and it's like, this is fun. This is exciting. And before you knew it, I was fully immersed. Even my brain, I wasn't really, like, my mind, my intellectual mind had to submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. And once, once that happened... It, you know, it, it is like you feel like you're just like, wow, floating. It's amazing. If you've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is an experience. I know, you know, some people say that, you know, I received the Holy Spirit when I got saved. Yes, you did, because the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. 
It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But you got to be baptized. Amen? Be baptized. When you get baptized, you're like fully immersed. Amen? Into that power. And when you're fully immersed into that power, it's, that power is so great. It's so amazing that, you know, some people shake, some people fall out in the spirit, some people, you know, different people react differently to such an amazing, awesome power. And so I, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I got baptized, I, I, you know, got the language, the heavenly language, and I remember when it was over, I decided I wasn't going to go home with, I was going to go home by myself because I could not switch over and speak Romanian. It was like I would open my mouth to speak, and I was speaking in tongues. And so I was like, okay. I, I mean, I've never been drunk, but I know what it's like to be drunk in the spirit. I was drunk. I, I could not speak Romanian. So I had, it was about a 30-minute uh, taking the um, public transportation home and then walking some. And I remember while I'm waiting in the tram station, holding on to the walls, because I was so, I, I was literally, I felt like there was no ground underneath me. And the power of God, it was so amazing that um, I was like, I hope nobody talks to me because I can't speak Romanian. They're not going to understand, okay? So I'm like, people stay away from me. And so it was like I was in a bubble. And so I don't remember much about my trip home, but I remember when I got home, uh, my, some of my sisters were there and some of their friends, and they were all in the upper room. We had a second floor. They were all upstairs. They were just hanging out, sitting around. And I told them before I left, I said, I'm not coming home until I, am, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when I walk in, Everybody's like, well, did you get it? And the next thing that came out of my mouth was speaking in tongues. Like, I could not say yes or no or nothing. And, and the only thing I could do was, like, I fell by the sofa on my knees. And I just like, okay, I, here it goes. Do you know everybody in that room fell on their knees, and whoever wasn't baptized with the Holy Spirit got baptized with the Holy Spirit? You know, it's like that wave that, you know, it, you can't help it. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it, it, it just splashes. And it, it's like if you want to get wet, it's fun. So there's nothing to be afraid of. I think that is, you know, because praying in the Spirit and speaking in tongues is a, a weapon of mass destruction the enemy doesn't have a weapon of mass destruction. Na, 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 boo, boo. But he's decided he's going to create a weapon of mass deception. So he says, if I, I don't have, the weapons of our warfare are superior to the weapons that the enemy has, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the weapons that God has given to us are so superior, and the enemy knows he will lose every time, and he's so threatened by it that he said, you know what? If I cannot, if I cannot have a weapon of mass destruction, I will create a, wef a weapon of mass deception. So there is a deception going on in, in the church today that the Holy Spirit is not needed. We can do church just fine without the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you tonight. We only have a few more minutes. Um about some of the deceptions that the enemy uses to distract us from knowing the weapons that we have and using the weapons that we have, amen, that we've been given. So, and then I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm excited because you know what? How many of you love a challenge? If you love a challenge, that means you, you're open to growing. You want to grow. You want to be better. 
And so that means that, you know, when you get a challenge and you do it, you're going to grow. You're going to go to the next level. So, but I want to eliminate the deception, okay? And so deception number one, we know the Bible tells us who the enemy is, who our adversary is. So if we know who the enemy is, see, the enemy studies us. He studies our habits. He studies our patterns. And that's why he trips us up. Well, I said, devil, you're not going to stalk me in the name of Jesus. Okay? I'm, I'm going to stalk you. I'm going to see what your strategy is. And I'm going to use that against you. And so we see that the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. So that means that he's a good liar. Okay? So if he's a good liar, what, I, what we want to do is detect his lies and then replace that lie with the truth. The Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? And so that's how we get freed up. We don't have to fight. We don't have to break a sweat. All we have to do is, what is Satan lying about in this situation? We catch him, aha. Uh -huh. Now, here's the truth. I'm going to do the opposite of that which he's trying to lie. So he's the father of lies, and he's the accuser of the brethren. Those are his two main titles. And um, we're not going to talk about the accuser tonight, but we're going to talk about the fact that he uses lies to bring deception, therefore, to defeat us to make us powerless against him. So deception number one, how many of you have heard this before? Some of you may have said it before. Speaking in tongues is of the devil. How many of you, uh, of you have heard that said before? Okay. Now, can anybody give you a scripture, prove anywhere in the Bible that this is truth. Is there anywhere in the Bible where it says that speaking in tongues is of the devil? No. So is that a lie or is it a truth? It's a lie. Now, I've had this happen to me. I was sitting in the chair at a beauty salon, y'all. And I was stuck there. You know, I couldn't get up in the middle of my hair, you know, not being dry or whatever was going on. And this person who was doing my hair said to me, people who speak in tongues are of the devil. Now, I am, you know, all filled with the Holy Spirit. I wanted to get up and leave right there because it grieved me. It was more of a grieving. It was like somebody like punching me in my stomach. It's like, don't you talk about my Holy Spirit like that, Okay. But I didn't because it was like the Holy Spirit said, you don't need to defend me. You don't need to fight. He said, I'm big enough. I, I can take that. And I just prayed for that person after that. I said, Lord, open her eyes to see you, to experience you, to experience your power, your anointing. And I just prayed. I didn't go into a religious debate. I didn't go into a theological debate. I just said, Holy Spirit, you're, you are the spirit of truth. Reveal yourself to this person. So we've all heard it at one time or another, and it's a lie that the enemy tries to spread. And this person was a leader on a worship team in a church. So if you think that, oh, only people who don't go to church believe this lie, that itself is a, a deception. There are people who go to church every Sunday and they believe this lie that speaking in tongues is of the devil. And tonight I'm here to tell you that is not the truth. There's no scriptural evidence of that. Actually, the only scriptural evidences of, uh, of um, speaking in tongues is that, that it is of God. It is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So, 
That is the deception number one, and we must pray that God would reveal the truth to his church. Amen? So, and I pray that if any of you are here and you believe that light before you came here, that you will ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the truth. Amen? Deception number two. How many of you have heard this before, that the Holy Spirit is not for everyone? Anybody? Okay. I've heard this one before. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit may be for some people, but it's not for me. It's not for everyone. Exactly. So, once again, that is a deception. Because in Acts 2, 1 and 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them. Who? All. Did it say 50% of them? 10%? 90%? 99%? All. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to what? Speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So, answer this question. Is speaking in tongues for everyone? Yes, it's in the Bible. Okay? And so, but that's how the enemy keeps some people from desiring it and, and receiving it because they, it's a lie. It's a lie you believe and, you know, people perish for a lack of knowledge. But you know, tonight, that's a lie. The Holy Spirit, go ahead and say, the Holy Spirit is for me. It's for me too. It's for all, for all who desire and who believe. Amen? Okay, deception number three. How many of you have ever heard this say, said, I spoke in tongues many years ago, but I lost it. You heard that before? Okay, the truth is that God's gifts are irrevocable. That means that God is not going to give you a gift and then take it back. He's not going to say, oops, I'm going to take it from you and give it to this person. Because, you know, they like praying more. No. God's gifts are irrevocable. He will not give a gift and take it back. Now, so if that has happened to you, if you were baptized with the Holy Spirit and you spoke in tongues at one time, but you are currently not exercising that gift, it's because you've neglected it. It is possible to neglect the use of the gift of the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit and, and speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is mainly for the praying in the Spirit. Amen? It's not for us to go around because, I mean, nobody understands you. They're going to think you're crazy. Okay? So it is for us to pray in the Spirit. So, you know, speaking in a heavenly language is just like speaking any other language. How many people in here are bilingual or trilingual? <laughs> okay, we have some Hispanic, Spanish. I speak, I used to speak three or four languages. Believe it or not, my second best language was French. And so when I was in school, I used to love French, and I used to, oh my goodness, just, oh, I just loved it. I love the sound of it and, you know, just the accent and every, everything. Um, and English was my third language. However, when we started hiding missionaries in our home and most of them spoke English, I started speaking English. And guess what? I don't speak French anymore. I lost it. Now, if I go back and I pull out a French a book, and I start studying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get fluent in it again. It's in there. Well, same thing with speaking and, and praying in the Spirit. The heavenly language, it's still there. You just have to start using it. If you don't use it, you lose it. And, you know, I've also heard people who said, you know what, I have 
you know, like I started to speak in, in uh, a heavenly language, but, um, you know, I could only say like one or two th- syllables or one or two things. Well, it's the same as speaking a language. How many of you decided, for those of you who are bilingual, and the reason that we don't have everybody raising their hands that you're bilingual is because it's not easy. Speaking another language is not easy, okay? Now, just think of it. Some people think, oh, speaking in tongues is hard. It's not. It's actually easier than speaking any other language. I promise you, because it's a gift, and all you have to do is believe and ask for it, and it, it just flows from the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so, and it's, it's a communication that you have directly to God. Now, that is powerful. That is amazing. But you know, when I first started speaking English, I only started with saying mother, father, bathroom, you know, whatever, the basic things, you know, Mary had a little lamb, you know, or whatever, you know, when I learned that language. It was basic. And that's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, in the beginning, it may sound like a baby talking. And it's okay. Now, what if I just stop at just learning Mary had a little lamb? I needed to develop, right? I needed to add words to my vocabulary. And then I can be fluent in English now. And even to the place where now English is my main language. Like, I'm starting to forget my mother language. What if we got so fluent in praying in the Spirit that, you know what, we heard God's voice more clearly than the voice of the flesh and the voice of the world and the people around us? Come on, church. That's where I'm stretching you to go. That's where God wants us to go, to where we become so fluent in the supernatural gifts that it becomes natural, that it becomes the norm. Because guess what? When we get immersed into the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then the manifestation of that is, let's go to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's the cool thing. It's not just for us to, you know, just speak a language. We don't even know what we're saying. There's a purpose for it. And in 1 Corinthians 12, it tells us not about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. He's talking to the church. I do not want you to be uninformed. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like some brothers and sisters were uninformed in the Corinthian church. And I believe that is that's the case with us today. We're losing. We're losing the language. We're, we're losing the power because we perish for lack of knowledge. And so, let's go to verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, is us praying in the Spirit and then the Holy Spirit working through us, is it for us to look all holy and we're so spiritual? No, it's for the good of those around us. And then it says, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the what? the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Now, the church in America has bought this lie, this deception that we don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. 
How many of you have heard that? It, it was for the early church. They needed it to birth the church. But we don't need it today. Liar. We need the Holy Spirit, church. The same Holy Spirit who birthed the church on the day of Pentecost. We need, we cannot do church without the power of the Holy Spirit. We may pretend, if, if we're not plugged into the power, we may pretend that we have something that's working, but it's really not. We have to get plugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we do, we're going to see word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, discerning of spirits, miracles, healing, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. These are the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the evidence that the Holy Spirit is working. It's the proof in the pudding. It's not just so we can have a show. When we pray in the Spirit, when we pray in our prayer language, we're going to see this. It's a natural byproduct of us winning battles. Why do we need miracles? Because there's people who are dying. There are people who are hurting. There are people who are in bondage. There are people who are not connected to God. We need these gifts in the body today. Not so we can say, oh, look at us. It's because there are people who die and go to hell every day. There are people who die an early death and it's not necessary because the Holy Spirit has provided the healing. Everything that happens in the physical takes place first in the spiritual. Your healing, when you see your healing manifested in the physical, it first happened in your spirit. It first happened inside of you, and then it works itself out. Amen? That's why we don't believe, and then five minutes later, oh, I'm still hurting, so I must have not gotten healed. We stand. We put on the armor of God, and we pray in the Spirit, and we stand, knowing that it's already done. The battle has already been won. Jesus said, it is finished. There's nothing else that we need to do. Now, the flesh says, you know, what? Well, if you do this or if you didn't do that, you know, a list of things, you know, do's and don'ts. No, it's a gift. These are all gifts. These are free to those who believe and to those who desire them. So now that we have exposed the weapons of mass deception and the lies of the enemy, I want to give you a challenge. I want us as a church to take on a 30-day challenge of praying in the Spirit every day for 30 minutes. Now, if I told you praying the Spirit every day for three minutes, would that be a challenge? No. So I know some of you are like, ooh, 30 minutes, that's a long time. I don't have that time. Well, guess what? You're not going to see the kingdom of heaven manifest. If you're too busy, and it's okay. I mean, you're still saved. God still loves you. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying if you desire to see the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God more real in your life, this is how we do it. We get plugged into the power. We get the electricity going. Amen? And so here's how we're going to do it. For some of you, you don't even pray in the Spirit. So you're going to have to start. I want you to start, ask, ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. Ask him, it's a gift. He said he would give it to us freely. We don't have to do or don't do. It's, it's ours. 
And then just ask him to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, with the, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And like I said, if it sounds elementarily or, or, you know, basic, the enemy will lie to you. That's just you doing it. You just ignore and you just pray. Okay, and the more you pray, the more you're going to be comfortable. It's kind of like when you're riding your bicycle. How many of you just got on the bike and you just took off and never fell off of it? Most of us, we skinned some knees and we fell a few times, right? And so it's just like that. It's, it's something that we practice. It's something that it's not normal for our flesh. It's not a natural thing. But we want the supernatural to become natural, right? And so, and don't be afraid. It's kind of like being a Christian and not having the gift of the Holy Spirit is like being a fisherman and being scared of the water. You cannot be a Christian and be afraid of the power of God. It's exciting. It's awesome. It's like there's nothing negative about it. I mean, it's, he, the Holy Spirit is even a gentleman. He won't push you to do something that you don't want to do. But when you say, Holy Spirit, I want to partner with you, and I want, a, I want all that you have, he's going to say, let's go, baby. Amen? He's going to say, we're going to go on some adventures. Amen? And he's going to show us the supernatural. And I want to see that in our church. I want to see that in your individual life. And so some of us, some of you are going to have to start. Some of you, you already have that, but you, you just, the most you can pray is maybe like three minutes. I want you to start at three minutes. I want you to start where you are, but I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. He's, he's the one that will help us in our weakness. He will help us. And just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want to pray more led by you, not by my intellect. Not by my natural mind. Just take over and just pray through me. And I want you to stretch yourself over the next 30 days to where the three minutes are going to turn into five minutes, into seven minutes, into 10 minutes, into 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then the goal is 30 minutes. 30 days and 30 minutes of praying in the Spirit. Can we do that, church? You know, the Holy Spirit is not some, you know, spooky, you know, we can't even identify, we can't talk about Him. He is real. He's practical. I'm telling you, I could not live my life without the Holy Spirit. He's my best friend. I talk to Him more than I talk to my husband. I talk to Him all the time because, you know, I can talk to Him about stuff and He doesn't think I'm crazy. I can ask him questions that, you know, I'm, I don't want to bother my husband with. Sometimes I ask my husband questions like, Google it. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit sometimes says, why don't you just Google that? <laughs> you know, when we are so in tune with the Holy Spirit, do you know he's so practical that we have experienced before. When we built our house, my husband had never gone to architecture school, architectural school. He's never uh, built anything. He's never, he, he just wasn't a contractor. But when we asked the Holy Spirit to show us how to do it, we couldn't afford an architect. We couldn't afford a contractor, but we knew we needed a house. And we prayed. And, you know, we were just talking about this recently. My husband said, you know what? I could see it. It was like the Holy Spirit deposited the knowledge. Have you heard that before, word of knowledge? He got the word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. He says, I got this knowledge. I got this wisdom to where I was so confident that he drew the plans and took them to the city to get approved. And they were so perfect that he got the permit 
on the spot. This inspector looked and he, and you know, Pastor Tim went and got the big papers, you know, the arch- I mean, he was looking official. And, and we had dealt with the city before and they are very, very particular about plans and giving you a permit. They don't just give anybody a permit, believe you me. That was the Holy Spirit. And then we got the permit. Now, Holy Spirit, what are we going to do next? You know, we got to build this house where it's not going to topple down. It's not going to, you know, fall down. And we partnered with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit led us to the right subcontractors and we worked. He was the main contractor overseeing everything. And these subcontractors were like, wow, you really know your stuff. Because he was keeping them straight. He's like, you're not going to cut corners on this house. And they're like, wow, how do you know this stuff? How many houses have you built? It was the Holy Spirit. He is so practical. He knows how to build houses. He's an architect. He's a builder. I remember when I was asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give us wisdom in how to handle our finances because we want to be good stewards. And we had some money saved up and and I was praying and I said, Lord, what are we going to do with these savings? I want to maximize. And the Holy Spirit gave me a download in my dream. And he said, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to go and invest in real estate. We're like, what? I, do I need to go get my real estate license? And the Holy Spirit said, no, no. I'm going to teach you how to do it. And we started doing that. And I can talk about million-dollar deals, and people are like, you know, did you go to real estate school? And I'm like, let's not talk about that, okay? Because it's the Holy Spirit. No, I didn't go to real estate school. I'm talking about so practical that the Holy Spirit teaches us how to parent our children. That there are times when I'm like, Holy Spirit, I have no idea what to do here. I have no clue how to raise these kids. And the Holy Spirit says, you're not doing this alone. Why would you even think that I'm not here to help you? There are times when the Holy Spirit will tell on my kids. When they ain't doing right, the Holy Spirit is like, something's not right. All the alarms go off. The detective is in the house. And all I have to do is look at my kids and they fess up. They're like, "Uh uh-oh, mama's heard from the Lord. Mama's heard from the Holy Spirit. And they know they better not hide. They better come clean. Thank God they learned it early on that they can't hide from the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit will, amen, the Holy Spirit will reveal all things. And they're like, we're not, you know, we, 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 we love the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to be pleased with us even when our parents are not looking. I heard that. He was like, amen, for that parenting. I love it. Do you guys see how awesome he is? He's not just some, you know, up there in the sky. He's right here. He's our helper. He wants to help us raise our kids. He wants to help give us a beautiful, wonderful marriage. He wants to help us with our finances. He wants to heal us. He wants to, for us to experience miracles and favor and increase. I don't want to live without the Holy Spirit. I want more. I'm like, Holy Spirit, what else you got for me? I'm not going to quench you. I'm not going to grieve you. I, let's do it. Let's go. And I want to stir you up tonight and challenge you because I believe God has more for us as a church. He has more for us as a church. But we got to start in our own personal lives. Let, how many of you are going to take this challenge with me? 30 days to 30 minutes of praying in the Spirit. Let's start that, and I want you to journal it. Here's what I want you to do, and we're almost done. 
Isn't this fun? I love it. I love talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, when you love somebody, you just like, you can talk about them and you don't realize how fast the time goes. That's right there. Okay, so I, what I want you to do on this challenge, I want you to journal. I want you to write down, you don't have to write a book on it. Just write down what you are experiencing. Okay, as you're praying in the Spirit, write down the date and just say, I'm experiencing the love of God. I'm experiencing, you know, the love of God in a greater measure. Um, I'm experiencing um, more energy. I, I feel more energized during the day. I don't get so tired. I'm not dragging during the day. Or just write down what you're experiencing. Because we're going to put together a list of if the Holy Spirit gives you a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, or if you're experiencing a miracle in your life, write it down. Because at the end of these 30 days, we're going to look at the benefits that you have experienced as a result of praying in the Spirit. I want you to write it down. What are you experiencing? What are you thinking? What is the Holy Spirit telling you? We're going to put it, put it together. And it's not going to be something that we just learned from somebody else's experience. I want you to experience it for yourself. I want us to experience it together. And I believe that in 30 days, we're going to come together. Like I said, it's not going to be me trying to say, come on, let's pray in the Spirit. Let's just, you know, let the Holy Spirit flow. Y'all are going to be doing it, and I'm going to have to say, okay, enough. We got, we got to get some teaching now. We got to get some Pastor Tim time to preach, okay? But it's got to start in our private life, in our private time with the Lord. Now, I want to challenge you, Okay? And I'm excited to see what the Holy Spirit will do in our church. We're going to see all that list of what the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, that's going to be natural. That's going to be the norm here at Christian Embassy. We're experiencing that. You remember how I said that, you know, we get prayer requests, and a week later we go and check, check, check. We're seeing miracles. But I want more. I'm not happy. I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's just the beginning. You're just scratching the surface. You haven't seen anything yet. We're going to have people waiting in line to get into the healing rooms. Amen? We're going to see the dead come to life. We are seeing the dead come to life. We're seeing people that the doctor said they have four to six hours to live. And guess what? They're alive now. It's been more than four to six hours. It's been more like days and weeks. Amen? Let's stand. Wow. God is so good. I just pray that I stirred up your faith enough tonight for you to desire this amazing gift that God has given to us, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that we would just walk in it into its fullness. Amen? Father, we just want to thank you tonight for this instruction, for this knowledge, Lord, that you've given us, that we know now what's missing. We know what we have been missing in our armor. We've been missing the praying in the Spirit. And that's why we've lost battles. That's why we live defeated lives. That's why we lose our children. That's why we, we lose our health. But no more. Tonight is the night when we receive the revelation of what's missing. Lord, we're going to operate. We're going to activate this gift, this weapon. We're going to use this weapon beginning with tonight. We're going to be intentional. Lord, we thank you that we're going to start seeing victory after victory after victory. 
as a result of that. Fill us. Holy Spirit, I pray if there's anyone here tonight who is not filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, fill them tonight. Fill them with your power. Fill them with your anointing. And Lord, if there's anyone who has allowed that gift to lay dormant, Lord, I pray that you would awaken that gift in them. Lord, that they would start using it. Lord, for us who have been using it, but Lord, we know there's got to be more. Lord, we thank you. We're ready to receive. We increase our capacity to receive. And Lord, we say all. We want all that you have for us. We thank you. As we go and we take on this challenge, Holy Spirit, we're going on an adventure with you. Lord, whether it's going to be while we're in the car or locking ourselves away from all the distractions or, Lord, wherever, Holy Spirit, come and flood our minds, flood our beings, Lord. Lord, that we can be fully immersed in your presence and your glory. We can experience you like never before. Lord, I believe that a revival is on the horizon as a result of what we are doing here tonight. I believe, Lord, that the, the spiritual life of those around us are dependent of whether we're going to be obedient and walk in this knowledge, in this revelation. So, Lord, tonight I pray that our obedience would bless many, hundreds and thousands. Lord, we thank you tonight. Have your way in our lives. We say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise tonight. <laughs>